But he's just a little bit wingy. Wingy. Big shout out to Wingy as well, real hardcore. I like Wingy, posts his predictions and things up. I like Wingy, he's good. I like people like that, a little bit off the cuff. He's just the biggest boxing nut I've ever met. Came to London looking for static and ain't nobody say nothing. And he a chomp. Let's go champ. Have a Yo, good day. what is good? <laughs> What's good? Wingy's Boxing Bites, episode 13. Yeah, man. I'm currently nursing a bit of an injury. My son, four, massive lump, climbed up my head like he was Conor McGregor's. Need me in the lip. Get carried out that ring, brother. Get carried out that ring. Do you know what I mean? So I'm in a bit of pain at the moment. I'm telling you, it freaking hurt. All right. Yeah. Have you ever been headbutted by a baby? If you haven't, you don't know pain, let me tell you. What's going on? Hope you guys are well. Hope you guys are good. I got this horrible feeling in my stomach, man. I got this really dodge feeling. Nothing to do with me barbecues. That's pristine as always. So shut up. Been barbecuing for the past six days, as you can probably um, um, see if you look at my Instagram. And I ain't talking about the meat. Um, Yeah, it's the whole Mayweather, Logan Paul thing. It... Oh, I just don't know where to start. I really don't. So I guess I'm going to save all my detailed thoughts for that in the actual topic of the week, which is did Mayweather versus Paul damage boxing? Now, obviously, it takes more than two people by themselves to damage the entire sport of boxing. There's a lot of boxers out there and it would be kind of a casual approach or that have been known as the fat casual, but it'd be kind of a casual approach just to say two people have the power to destroy the whole of boxing. But it didn't do any good, did it? What, do you know what? I'm not going to just let me have a... I'm, I'm getting amped, Daniel. I'm getting amped. Let me have a sip of this Elmhurst Spring. So... <sighs> now, outside of getting amped... I gotta say, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good, positive energy. I had an interaction with somebody in the boxing world. Probably mentioned it in my After Dark podcast, actually. The next one that I do, but they just had good energy. Do you know what I mean? You only get that good energy of 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 someone, and it's not because they give me something. In fact, it was me that sorted them out ages ago. Hmm? And then you just think, you know, favor for a favor, blood. Let me call you up on that, fam. And yeah, yeah, that's not the reason I got positive energy. The dude is actually a good, uh, a good dude. Good, good. And it's just nice to have that energy. And I always like to, you know, um, I know I'm seeing this fat, uh, you know, no, fat nuts wingy, but uh, uh, I, I also, <laughs> that's a bit too much, wasn't it? Fat tits I should have stuck out. No need to go to the genital area. Leave the genitals out of this. Fat tits wingy, but I also like to just now and then, as I'm getting older, trying to impart some knowledge. I've said, you know, only quality people in the past and whatnot. So, yeah, just a good, nice little boxing exchange. In short, it should translate as good content for you guys, more content for you guys, i.e. boxing uh, interviews, which I'm slowly incorporating now into what I do here at the Wingy Boxing Podcast. So, 
it was a packed weekend of boxing, man. So much so that I couldn't actually catch everything. I couldn't catch the David Lemieux undercard, but I did watch the two fight zones, the entire Mayweather versus Paul Fiasco, Daniel Dubois. I'm missing something. No, that's it. Yeah, two fight zones, David Lemieux, main event, Daniel Dubois, and Floyd versus Paul. Now, we're going to go through those fights. You know how I like to do I kind of like to do it detailed. I don't like to ignore the undercard fighters like some podcasts would do. I know that makes the podcast longer and maybe not as listenable, but I have brought this up before in the past. If anybody thinks, you know, just leave them, forget about them. To me, it's a bit rude. All fighters should be mentioned. Even the first act, I'm going to analyse the first, you know, the, the, the first fight on the card. Because it's a boxing podcast. As soon as I stop talking about boxing, then what am I doing? Besides ranting and raving in your actual ears as you're having a little jog at Anytime Fitness right now, aren't you? Stop looking at that bum, you. So there is a lot of boxing to cover. So I would say we're gonna you, 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 you're going to be getting a bumper episode this episode of Wingers Boxing Bites, right? We normally keep it an hour, but we will be going over that. I know that for sure. We will be omitting Wingy's bag just to make space so it doesn't go too long. I don't think there was that many takers anyway. If you do want your question read out on Wingy's bag, remember, wingy at email. Oh, keep doing that. It's his majesticulations. Knocking the mic over and everything. Wingy at email.com or go to my Facebook group. Just put Wingy Boxing in Facebook and join my Facebook group and leave uh, leave a question there. Leave a comment. Uh, if, you, if you want to leave a question there, anyway, I'll be fine. Or leave it under the post with the actual flipping envelope that says wing his bag that I actually know what you want. I mean, you could just pop in and leave a random question and I'll assume it's for the podcast. So, yeah. But busy weekend, especially with Fight Zone, isn't it? Yeah. It's it, it great having more fights. We're seeing fights that we wouldn't normally see. The type of title fights that normally produce good, exciting action that we wouldn't get to see. However, that does mean it takes up a lot more of, the, <laughs> of our time, which you kind of forget about having a Friday nights back. But I love it. I'm still sitting on edge as to how long this fight zone is going to last. Not because I don't enjoy the product. I actually, to the contrary, I actually think it looks great. It looks beautiful, sparkly, dazzly. Yeah. Look at all the pretty women, all the fellas, the beers, the tables, the lights, the lights, all of the lights, as Kelbrook would say, all of the lights. But I do worry as to how long it's going to last. I, I don't know. I just got this. I just got this bad feeling. Maybe it's the whole box nation thing, and that didn't go well. And I don't know. I, for what it's worth, I hope fight zone lasts, and I do enjoy having those Friday night fights back. But yeah, I'm curious as to the numbers, especially as well as the earlier matchups are really more for the hardcore, aren't they? If you if, if you're being honest, they're more for like the hardcore to see how up-and-coming talent are going to look. They're not always competitive, although we did have an upset on the Friday, I believe. Yeah, yeah, on the Friday gone. So we'll have a look at that. Oh, and of course, the big move, Matchroom, to Dizun. Five-year deal. It's official. Was it official by the time I done my last podcast? I can't even freaking remember. Regardless, it's huge. What does it mean for Sky Sports? That is the question. There's now a big gulf, a gap. And I don't know if various promoters and and, and 
you know, trainers, managers can get in there with their stable. I think Joe Gallagher was mentioning it. You know, what what, what about uh, hat and promotions and all of that? I think Mick Hennis is happy at Channel 5. and He's doing a good thing getting the live boxing on Channel 5. But I've, I've even read Sky considering their own, like doing their own promotions, signing their own fighters. Sky Sports Boxing, that'd be a bit of a... I guess they technically could if fighters are out of contract and whatnot. But they need the right fighters. For me, I kind of feel like they're going to gravitate over to a big pay-per-view model for now. But who knows? And of course, you've got Wasserman boxing. All sorts. <laughs> Maybe even Triller pops up on Scott. I don't know. I know the showtime though, aren't they? I don't know what's going on there. But you know what I mean? Who knows? Who knows? It, 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 it makes everything a little bit more exciting. And it's good that boxing is in the forefront. The talk, the excitement, and it's a, how you say, bubbling, bubbling, bubbling. Yeah, I gave her my Rolex. Next, ne- next thing she's wearing my Rolex. Also, shout out to Wiley, but probably best not to say that really, in it considering the stuff he's been saying lately. So yeah, I've had the last six days off chilling with the barbecue. Uh, oh, Tommy Fury! I did an Instagram live after Tommy Fury's fight because I'm kind of thinking, were we a little bit? I don't. What, but, 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 it, 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 what, 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 what? Were we a little bit harsh on Tommy Fury? Because I've seen the comments. I can't believe Tommy Fury is having a competitive fight. He's, he's five fights in, six fights in. What's he having a competitive fight for? Right, but then if he doesn't have a competitive fight, what are you going to say? I can't believe Tommy Fury's knocking these people over. Why do they give him a competitive fight? I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I get you guys, man. Bless your little cotton sockies. I want to squeeze your little cheekies off. I know. I understand. It's. I understand. But give the... Come on, give him a break. We're going to go into that. We're, we're, we're going to analyse the fight and have a look at that. But keep doing your thing, Tommy Fury. You may be the... Uh, whether you want to accept the role or not, the uh, upcoming saviour of the entire human race if the Jake brothers actually take over the planet, uh, which I think they're looking to do. Hell, Jake Paul is even calling out Canelo fucking Alvarez. <laughs> so, Tommy, Tommy boy. And I've got no hate to the Paul brothers. You, you guys know several times I do like Jake, actually. I think he, I think he can fight. I, I'm guessing he can probably fight. And I think he's young, boisterous, He's just a wild kid, isn't he, man? Having fun, man. So I've got, I've got no hate on him, really, but... Oh. <laughs> ooh. Ooh. But, yes. Oh, and, of course, the Bradley Ski interview is up on my podcast. You can find that. I don't do any... Right now, I'm only doing interviews at my Wingy Boxing Bites podcast. So if you are subscribed to the podcast, which I hope you are, fam, then you are going to get that... Uh, any interviews that I do, I've done. Paige, Bradley Skeet, literally today, this second, just organised another one, which should be going up in the next three or four days. Got some American fighters. Um, so, yeah, it's all good. And hopefully, a, a very, very big name that I want to have a meaty sit-down with. Not a run-up with a microphone. Oh, you're right, I'll shove this up, you know, it's only fun. A proper sit-down. So, let's see. Right. Strap yourself in. Make sure you've got a beverage. We've got a lot of fights to go through, man. We've got a lot of fights to go for. We'll start with Floyd 
And then we'll go Floyd, Dubois, David Lemieux, and then the fight zone ones. I want to analyze the fights because it's a boxing podcast. I'm not skipping the guys. I'll never do it unless you guys say don't do it. For now, let's get on with the fight, shall we? Ooh, let's do it. Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul. I will not go into detail with regards to my thoughts on this event because that is the topic of the week, i.e. the big bite, and that will be after this. So we'll speak about that after this. Let's talk about Chad Johnson. Got up against Brian Maxwell for two-minute rounds. Chad Johnson is apparently a very big name in, as we call it over here, American football. Never heard of him, but I'm sure he's absolutely massive being on the Mayweather undercard. Um, and I've personally thought, you know what? I'm just going to have a go at box. <laughs> Why not? I'll just have a... <sighs> Freddie Flintoff or whatever. So... I'll probably get to work. I mean, 58-year-old boss, God love her. She'll probably be like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do, you know, a bit of boxing. I'm actually professional boxing. Probably never boxing in life. Although she's chunky. Chad Johnson versus Brian Maxwell. Starting off the fight, Johnson has the best of round one, lands a right, plus clips Maxwell when he's backed up. It's, it's, He's really uh, using the ring, trying to stay out of range. Light footwork from Johnson. He looks okay, to be fair. He, he looks okay. Same in the second round. The fighter with the more fight experience, Maxwell, is actually having issues stringing anything together consistently because Johnson is just long, lanky, moving. You can tell that a large bulk of his training camp was in evasion and staying out of the way. And fair play, mine would be as well. So, yeah, you know, I thought it looked all right considering. Fourth round, Chad is dropped by a wide right hand. And I thought it was a fun little fight. Johnson boxed well for, for, a, de- for, a, for a debutante. I had 38-37 Johnson for me. It was, it was interesting watching Johnson's movement and footwork for what it was. Jarrett Heard going up against Lewis Arias. Heard, 124, knocked out 16, lost one. You heard? <laughs> you heard? <laughs> In it? Heard? Have you... Lewis Arias, 118, knocked out nine, lost two, drawn one. This fight is at middleweight. Heard is going up from 154 pounder. Heard actually looks the bigger guy in the ring. But I believe it was Arias by a pound or so, regardless. Good fast start from Arias. Heard's backed up by quick Arias sort of long attacks. Um, at, at, at the end of the first, Arias takes the pressure off a little bit. Hard uh, it, 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 hard shots from her. He's he's putting a bit more meat behind behind the punches, and he's riding Arios's work with good good flows. Round three, Arios is really throwing the entire Arsenal now ahead. I suspect Heard was expecting this, but uh, uh, kind of like I think Heard assumed his clubbing inside work would actually deter Arias. Heard. His usual sort of like flat-footed, just going forward, determined, sticking to his guns type approach. You know, it works in the first round, but since the second for me, it's been... Uh, Arias is starting to come back into it a little bit. Herd's head is is high. It's higher when he's backed up. So Arias can almost 
throw blind and know that there's going to be a big bloody head there, a massive head of stone there to, to hit, which you don't, it doesn't even necessarily need to, uh, uh, need to look at. Ninth round, knockdown is called as heard lands, but it was more like an awkward slip in the rain, which was getting very rainy and slippy and awkwardy. I was getting worried for Mayweather's little knees, if I'm being honest. What if like my old mum, God love her, he, he slips over in the rain and she hurts his knee. Herds, I did 96, 93 to Arias on my card. I just thought he had a better work rate. Heard was taking too many shots, and I feel Heard was expecting his power to tip the balance within within those mid to close range clubbing exchanges, but it, it just didn't. Arias just would not be denied punching over Heard's only partially effective shoulder rolls. I hate shoulder rolls, I really do for the most part. Um, 95, 94, Heard, one judge, another judge at 97, 93, another judge at 96, 93. Like I said, 96, 93. For my card, so I had the uh, correct guy winning. The correct guy did win the fight. So big shout out. Padu Jack going up against Jean Pascal. Oh, hold on a minute. Maybe not. Jean, come on, mate. Badu, 123, knocked out 13, lost three, drawn three. Going up against Dervin Kalina, 115, knocked out 13. Those of you who don't know, John Pascal. I think it was like a week or so to go, uh, was found with loads of drugs in this system, performance enhancing drugs, uh, innocent until proven guilty and all that. I think he said, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 so I don't know. Anyway, negative first round for Kalina, who he's holding, he's being backed up by the assertive offense from Jack. Second round, Kalina, he's, he gets a point deducted for holding. He's attempting to throw shots and then holding instantly after to try and stifle Jack's attack. In the third round, another point is taken off Kalina for holding. Uh, like he's, he's on the back foot, doesn't really know how to work inside. Like He can't slow Jack's confident forward strides. Kalina's sort of flops and drops three times in round four. Um, the third round, a knockdown uh, is uh, called. Sorry, the third time, a knockdown is called. And Jack's eager in the fourth. He does eat an uppercut, but doesn't. It, 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 it doesn't phase him. Can't remember whether. Not three thousand. No. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it was locked down. Yeah, Kalina was locked down three times in round four. That's it. And then in the third time, that's when the referee said enough's enough. I believe. Anyway, Jack was. He uh, was eager in that round. He did eat an uppercut going in, but you know, it's like let's let's get this done. Should have been Pascal. And Jack's talking about going to cruise away. Interesting. Not sure how much success it have. Whenever I think of Badu Jack, I think of poor old little George Grovesy. Remember that fight? Can you remember the the, the, the the anguish in George's face? This was like the was it the third world title attempt? And when they get a Badu Jack, oh for God, George's face. Oh, oh for far, in it. Sorry, Badu mate. Didn't mean to take your win away, but Georgie Grosey, Georgie. All right. Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul. Floyd, 150. Not, we, know, we know Floyd. 150 knocked out 27, lost none. Got up against Logan Paul. One, none, knocked out one. 
I did ideally want to watch this fight again before I spoke about this. I haven't had time. It's just been crazy. I went to sleep straight after the fight and woke up. I had my son all day, loads of stuff going on, groceries and family and bits and bobs and trying to sort out the wingy boxing business and all, all sorts of stuff, man. So I haven't actually had time. I wanted to get the podcast up today. I didn't want to leave it too late. But I can basically remember what happened in the fight. Weird, unusual faces in the ring from Logan Paul before the fight started. <laughs> Which I thought, it's odd. I did like the Pokemon card thing. That was, that, I thought that was cool, but I'm a nerdy gamer, so I probably would. Starting off, Floyd just looks ultra cautious. He attempts to spring in against, against Paul, but Paul ends the first round by landing big, clubbing flurries and going on the offense. And already, just from a couple of shots which Floyd's throwing, you can see, I, like I'm sure you, have watched every fucking, excuse my language, but we know Floyd backwards, right? The time, his timing was off. His time, the timing just looked off. That's what I thought throughout the whole of the fight. His timing was off. Floyd's still sitting back on the defensive and, Paul looks okay. He's attempting the jab at the very least in this second round. Round three after Paul is holding and trying to shut down Floyd's inside game, attempting to at the very least, which does have some success as the fight goes on. You know, Paul gets clipped with a sharp left hook, I believe. It's a left hook. In the fourth round, Paul lands a left straight. Short counter right from Floyd, but both land at the hooks at the same time. So Floyd, is getting, he's getting touched. He's not getting beat up, but he's getting, you know, and all I'm thinking is Mayweather's timing is off. I know I keep saying it, but especially in the fifth round, he's like leaping shots. And I was expecting to see the infamous stab jab, which he used in, uh, against Pacquiao a lot. Not saying that Logan pulls Pacquiao, but I just, I, I, basically what I'm saying is I thought he'd go for the body. Uh, Logan's tall, long body. But yeah, there's a cracking right hand which lands in the fifth from Floyd. So credit to Logan. He he, he lands. I mean, six round six seven and that. I can't remember much besides Logan just spoiling and holding. But in, <coughs> excuse me, he lands a jab in the eighth round. Let me get a water. I'm, I just can't believe this. All right, <laughs> he lands a jab in the eighth round, and I think Floyd should have. I think Floyd should have. I'm not going to be harsh. I, I've got nothing against nothing against Logan Paul. I, I really haven't, really, to be honest. But what I'm, you, I think you'll understand what I mean when I say Floyd should have taken him out. Floyd should have taken him out. What I saw there was a very old Floyd whose timing has gone, who didn't do the training he should have for this. And yeah, I know it's an exhibition. I know it's only fun. I know he's made more money than anybody else, but he should have took him out. So I'm going to give that as a kind of like a, I mean, if I was scoring it on points, obviously I would have given Floyd the win, but the moral victory is definitely for Logan Paul. So, <coughs> sorry, it's, it's difficult saying that. <laughs> That's why I'm confident it's coming out of my mouth. But, but yeah, I, I've got to say, I really have got to say. I was let down by Floyd. Like I said, I thought his time was off. Paul's holding him, and then why not negate that? Work on the inside. Yes, he's a lot heavier, but no, 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 no. No excuses, man. You, Everybody, do you know what? It's the top. It's the topic of the week. This fight. So let's move on. Right. Let's move on from that card. That is everything. Wasn't ever covered. Everything. I heard. Uh, Chad Badu. Yep. That is all done. There. Okie dokie. Right. What's next? Let's go to Daniel Dubar versus Bogdan Dinu. 
Right, let's get through this card. Sit back, put your feet up, let's do it. It's almost like you're re-watching a boxing again, hopefully. Or not. Liam Davis versus Stefan Slachev. Liam, 1-8, knocked out three, lost none. Going up against Stefan Slachev, 1-11, knocked out four, lost 38, lost two. Uh, drawn two, sorry. English bantamweight champion, Liam. Uh, let me have a quick look at something there. See... Sometimes I think to myself I should really take more take more notes. Really, really, really should. Yeah, I was right. Not former. Just, just, just. This just wasn't on the wasn't on the line, so to speak, for this particular fight. Relax, Daniel. It's just an offensive blitz from Davies. It, it's it's long and timed well. Left hand drops slash F once. Second time a right hand in the first round. Second round, Slatches has dropped from a body shot, I believe. And then when Slatches makes it up, a big long right hand in the middle of a flurry drops him. Very high energy performance. We just basically got to see how we basically got to see how Liam uh, uh, sorts out a weakened opponent. Not, not much else to analyze. Good long punches to body shot that dropped him in round two. Cracker, lovely. Lovely, 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 lovely. And now we've got Black Thunder Ajarko, 1 8, knocked out five, lost none. Going up against Ernesto Oliveira, 1 11, knocked out three, lost six, drawn one, middleweight. I've heard of Ajarko, I've seen him fight. Saw an early interview of his as well. Super fast start from Ajarko. Quick twitch, compact, like power punching. And um, Oliveira, it, it's kind of a big right. Oliveira's just like, Punching too wide and the large swings against the Jarko, it's just dangerous. He he he's bouncing in and out. He's quick. He's he's like a fighter on fast forward. The Jarko, especially when he closes to distance and lets like blistering shots off in that sort of mid to close range. Then I think due to body shots at the end of the third. Oliveira doesn't uh, get off of his stall. Very, very exciting style. He's got that X factor about him. Something special when he's a nightmare for opponents. Just the way he bounces, fires off is really, really intense. Jesus. Quick, fast. Very, very cool. Very cool. Very good. I'm going to try and grab that guy at some point for an interview. If if, if, if he would be so kind. Nathan Heaney versus Ilian Markov. <coughs> Nathan Healy, 111, knocked out three, lost none. Going up against Ilya Markov, 1 6, right for the cough. 1 6. <coughs> Press the button next time. Sometimes it just escapes before I get a chance. I'm sorry, love. Ilya Markov, 1 6, knocked out three, lost 14, draw two. Middleweights. Good pressure. No, not pressure. That's not the right word. Uh, clean, organized style from. Uh, from Haney, the, the, the first two rounds are just nice and tidy. Markov is squat behind the guard, but he, he, he can't get through. And just as I was enjoying Haney's uppercuts and lefts to the body, one detonates on Markov's body. Bang, that's it. Delayed reaction. Markov takes an E and that's it. Desires not to get up. I'd love to see how he deals with an Ajarko, for example, Haney. Uh, heavy, you know, he, 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 Haney fights quite tall and there's overhand rights out there to test him. But at this level, clinical and tidy. But yeah, I would love to see, I uh, love to see what it does against a possible uh, Jark. I believe it was mentioned that that would be a good up and coming fight. Uh, so hopefully, I can get that one on. Tommy Fury versus Jordan Grant. Tommy one five knocked out four, lost long. Going up against Jordan Grant one two knocked out none, lost long. Light heavyweights. Good start from Grant, who 
Might have come out a little quicker than Tommy expected. Let's be fair about this. Grant lands three right hands uh, throughout the round and uh, Fury lands two and an uppercut. Uh, Fury's not, he, he's not looking his most comfortable sort of being backed up and, and, and when Fury lets the jab pop and looks well, it, it, it's things work, but it's just a lot of aggression from Grant. Third round, Fury lands a left as Grant comes bowling in. Grant holds, but his ambition has sort of been dampened a little bit now that Fury's starting to break through a little bit. I thought it was a good fight for Fury. I thought it was a good fight for Fury. He, you know, there's only four rounds. Grant, Grant landed even in in the last round, and you know the the how can I put it. The, the sort of rushing onslaught and, and, and being backed up, it posed some questions for Tommy, perhaps. But, I mean, Grant had belief. He wanted to win. He tagged Tommy a few times as well. I'm unsure if that discouraged Fury from going forward further. Uh, even on the back foot, though, he, you know, he was trying to land the counter, uppercut, and, and switched, adjusted to using Grant's momentum against him. I didn't score it at the time because I assumed it would be a... Standard win for Fury. No disrespect to Grant. That's just that's an error on my part, not doing my correct research. So I didn't bother getting the scorecard out for it, but definitely gave Grant the first. Other three were a little bit tighter, so I'll probably have it three-one Fury. But people who've got it, you know, two-two, I wouldn't argue with that. You know, but yeah, I need to watch it again to be fair and actually get the scorecard out. And score it properly, not just oh, I've scored it that way. But have you scored? Have you scored? Have you scored every punch within the three minutes? You know, you say you have, but have you? Daniel Dubois, one fifteen, knocked out fourteen, lost one. Got up against Bogdan Dinu, one twenty, knocked out sixteen, lost two. Number four ranked WBA Bogdan. Positive first round for Dubois. You know he's going forward. Good to see. Nice jab, already consistent. So nice right hand attempts, taking control of the round. Second round, excuse the language, bad language coming up. Fucking cold right hand in the second. Straight right down the middle. Straight right down the middle, Daniel. As Dini was leaving, backed up, just saps the just short circuits. And, and do you know what I like about Daniel as well? He was stepping forward. That's what I like to see initiating right let's move on very quickly because we've got a lot of cards to get through and i don't want to leave anybody out because that would just be plain rude and quite frankly disrespectful let's go to david lemieux david lemieux david lemieux 141 not at 34 lost four going up against david zaraga zegara 134 not at 21 lost four so good opponent on paper for lemieux I didn't have time to watch the undercard, unfortunately. Literally no time to watch it. It's either podcast or watching the undercard of this. But I did watch the main event. Lemieux, no surprise in the first round, flies out. That all-out aggression, seek and destroy style. What a nightmare, isn't it? What an absolute flipping pain. <laughs> pain in the ass that would be. Very aggressive and overwhelming. Left hand, as they're sort of making space on the inside, does actually drop uh, Zagara. Another left hook drops Zagara. Uh, as he's as beginning the round and he sort of makes it up a straight pole left backs uh, Zagara up on the ropes he then skips uh, he, he then sort of tries to get out of range but ends up absorbing more punishment 
uh, as Zaraga's backing off. So it, 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 he can't really get anywhere, Zaraga, to be honest. Unsteady, trying to find space. And it's it's, it's David Lemieux. You know, there's nothing to overanalyze. He's a come forward, fast hands, spiteful, spiteful, nasty puncher. And now at 168, he's going to be in some, he's going to be in some interesting fights at 168. I actually like him up there. I'd love to see him against a Benavidez. Uh, I was trying to think. You know, uh, flip me. Chudinov? Chudinov? I- I'm not saying Alvarez. Danny Jacobs. Has he fought Danny Jacobs, Dan- uh, David Lemieux? What do I think he's fought Danny Jacobs for? Have a quick look. And he's fought Danny Jacobs. There's a whole load. There's a whole massive mix. And that's that's just the top guys, uh, which we're talking about there. No, he hasn't. 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 I mean, yeah, you know, I'd like to see him up there. I'd like to see what he could do. Like I said, plenty of guys out there for him to have a fight, have a scrap at, see what's going on. Let's see what he does. Okay, right. What we're going to do, we are going to do the big bite topic of the week, which is did Mayweather versus Paul damage boxing? That is the topic of the week. Then we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to go back to review Fight Zone 1 and Fight Zone 2. I just don't want to spend too long yabbering, boxing, analysing, because some of you might switch off. So we are going to do the Fight Zone, but we're going to have a little break, talk about the big bite, try something different. It's all about experimenting. Try something new, although not too new. Right, let's talk about the big bite. Did Mayweather versus Paul damage boxing? Sit back, get ready. We need to talk. Me and you, we need to fucking talk. Let's do it. Oh, Floyd, mate, eh? Sorry, sipping on the old, uh, how you say, uh, Cavossier. <laughs> Water. Oh, Floyd. As Ricky Hatton would say, Mayweather versus Paul was shit for boxing. Topic of the week. Did Mayweather versus Paul damage boxing? So a popular school of thought going into this type of event is one that I've said myself. The idea is you bring eyes to the sport, you know, when you've got a YouTuber or a superstar, whatever, going up against a boxer, you bring eyes to the sport and then off the back of that, you like to think those same people are like, you know what? I really enjoyed that. That boxing, that's all right. I'm going to watch boxing from now on. That's the plan. And there was a lot of eyes on this. I know people going, oh, there's nobody in the bloody arena. Were you there? You don't know, do you? You know, Stephen Espinosa said it's not Pacquiao numbers, but it's below that. So I'm not going to sit counting the number of man's pockets, you know what I'm saying? But regardless, and it's going to bring, there's going to be new eyes on, on the sport and there's a lot of eyes on the event. So if so, what did this particular event actually do for the sport? But let's, let's analyse it. The fact that Floyd didn't completely smoke Paul, I think for boxing, is, I think I just think it's a bad look. And that's, when I say that, it sounds like I want... Logan Paul to get smoked. It's not, but it's the fact that he didn't do it. 
if he's the best fighter of our generation, why didn't he give Paul more trouble? <clears throat> Even at 44. Now, we know why. Floyd saw it as a sparring session. Floyd is 44. Logan Paul weighed about 582 pounds and was about nine foot 10 compared to Floyd. And these things do matter. There are weight classes for a reason. But going into this, we all expected Floyd to, if not get the knockout, do as he pleases in there, which he kind of did. <laughs> but he should have got that spectacular finish or knockout. Old Anna Willie, her glasses would be flying right off. She couldn't believe what was going on. She thought it was madness. Yes, I did watch the Sky version. Did I pay for it? Of course. Am I a mug? Of course. But despite us knowing this was essentially sparring for Floyd, those casuals looking on would be thinking, cool, is that the best boxing can do against a YouTuber who's actually lost a fight? <laughs> this guy's the best boxer on the planet, isn't he? I ain't dissing Floyd. I just, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I just wasn't, I was, just, I was a bit disappointed with it, man. I, I wanted him to get a stoppage. Because now, part, listen, part of it might be back in the old days when I was a little bit, you know, I was, I was on the Floyd side against, I'm a bit of a, a bit of a Floyd fanboy. Maybe it's just like, oh God, now we're going to hear it. I've got my grumpy purist head on. The day after the fight, perhaps. I don't know. but And, and Heard v. Arias on the undercard. That was fun. But Badu Jack's last-minute opponent didn't didn't really, didn't make it for a good lead-up to the event. Even the knockdowns were funny, weren't they? Like, he was just like, whoa, whoa. Just strange. And I hate to sound cold, but for boxing, I really do need... I really do think Floyd needed to slice right through Logan Paul. Jake Paul's going to be insufferable. And I like Jake Paul. I do. I think I think he's quite funny. I like what he's doing for boxing, if I'm being honest. It's quite exciting. But he's going to be insufferable, isn't he? It was a moral victory for Logan. But the question of this topic of the week is, did Mayweather versus Paul damage boxing? Can two people by themselves damage the sport of boxing. No, not really. It's bigger than two people. But it gave it a very, very nasty and ugly scar. Because there's a lot of eyes on it. And who do I blame for that? Kind of blame Floyd, man. What, blame him for being old? <laughs> if that's the case, then yeah. I might, maybe I'm just angry because I didn't get what I wanted. Let me know your thoughts, please. Do you think it's damaged boxing? Who's to blame? Monks like you for buying it. Of course there's that. Email me, wingy at email.com or just, yeah, go to the group and leave your thoughts. Right, let's carry on with the fights from Fight Zone. Just two cards to get through and then we will move on to news of the week. Let us, uh, let us roll, uh, as the kids would say. Oh, 
All right, Fight Zones, Friday's fights. We're not hanging around. Let's get through it. This is a Charlie Senefield versus... Sorry, Charlie Schofield versus Mickey Ellison card. Aaron Hayden versus Jamie Quinn, light heavyweights. Aaron won three, knocked out one, lost none. Going up against Jamie, one seven, knocked out. One seven, lost 107, drawn two. Hayden's fast hands, bit of switch hitting, busy. I, I like it, two rounds in. Fast combinations, tricky feints, lots of different looks. Of course, it's, it's, it's hard to make a dent into a good, uh, 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 you know, a, a good operator like Quinn. But good stuff from Hayden. A few, few risky leads. Maybe even a Nas type style uppercut lunge. Very interesting fighter. Charlie Martin versus MJ Hall. Charlie Martin Stewart versus MJ Hall. Well, awaits debut for Charlie Martin Stewart. MJ Hall one two knocked out nine lost fifty eight. I'm noting a nice chunky sort of precision up close. Looks like a heavy handed style from Charlie Martin Stewart. He's, he's fighting in mid range. Off the bat, it's really expending a lot in, uh, you know, sort of going to the body, trying to plunge that bodywork inside. And Hall's just got his gloves up. Hall is covering up all fight, throwing the occasional looping shot out, out of the guard. But Martin's got a high energy body focused attack. Nice debut. Nice debut. It'll be a fun ride watching him. John Carpenter going up against Ryan Hibbert, uh, light heavyweights. Debut for John Carpenter. Ryan Hibbert won one, knocked out none, lost eight. Two rounds in. I'm surprised this is Carpenter's debut with no amateur. It looks great. Really good head movement. Heavy jab in and out of range. Classy, classy. Hibbert, he's got a little bit of success in the third round. Like one looping shot comes out of his guard a little bit in the third. And I've got a feeling he can work with Carpenter's power, but, you know, he, he didn't win the round. Fourth round, Carpenter... Carpenter's hands are low. He's landing big right hands in his fourth. Trying to, um, in, in, in the fourth, he's, he, he's in the river now, you could see. As the big shot, and, and Stewart starts to sort of chip away at him, but over and over. Carpenter's got a lot of natural skill and movement. And be interesting to see where he goes with that obvious hidden talent. Really, really interesting. Really good fire. From what I can see, Joe Garside debut. Uh, we're into the main card now. Joe Garside versus Josh Cook, welterweight debut. Uh, and it's the debut for Josh Cook as well. Garside took the first round for me, in and out, setting the pace. Cook's just on the defense mostly, seeing what Garside has. Uh, Garside's got a swarming sort of style approaching it. Very constant moving and like high pressure angles. And Cook's got a decent start to the fourth as well with some sneaky sort of counters off the ropes. But it's, it's, it's just like a tad too defensive. Garside's hitting high body, snapping hooks high, you know, high head held back. But I gave every round to Garside, uh, as did the ref. John Patrick Harper versus uh, Brett Fidel. Debut for John Patrick and Brett Fidel. One thirteen, not at six, lost sixty-five. Harper's edged the first round. Second round, I think Fido uh, bossed the second. He loaded some quick popping shots, and Harper needs to sort of um, reset. That's the best way I can think of it. He just sort of needs to reset going into the third round. Harper's waiting a little too long to land clipping counters and he, he, he sort of like needs to land <clears throat> needs to land in between Fido's work, sort of springing offense. But 
a clearer Fido round for me um, this uh, third round. Tough debut for Harper. Fourth round, Fido really made the gap wider. Quick left hand, four-punch combination. <clears throat> body head back to the body for Fido. It was interesting stuff. 39-37, Fido. My card, the ref gave it to Fido too. Right score, right winner. Harper just couldn't keep Fido off of him. Bradley Skeet, super Skeet. Quan Skeet! Going up against Dale Arrowsmith. What's, what's going on, Dale? Super white weights. Bradley, 128, knocked out 13, lost three. Dale, 1-2, knocked out one, lost 41, drawn one. Round one, right hand off the combination. Easy long punches. A classy, classy still from Bradley Skeet. Long, cool, relaxed shots. First round, really beautifully placed body shot. Crunching KO to the ribs. Then then more sharply placed crisp punches from Skeet. Just a different level of fighter. Footwork to back it up as well. Really, really good. And it's what we expected Skeet to do. Skeet gets the knockout in the third round, I believe. John Fuchs going up against Jordan Grant. Shout out to Skeet. Good to see him back, by the way. John Fuchs versus Jordan Granham. Super what weights. John, 121, not tat two, lost two, drawn two. Going up against Jordan Granham, 1-5, not tat 72, lost three. Seven years out. In fact, let me just double check something, actually. I'm going to look at something. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Just chill. Relax with you. Easy blood. One, two. Yeah, I was right. I was right. Just a second. I was making sure I've got his... Um, uh, yes, so seven years out, uh, back of 35s, looking really good. Great tight head movement, whipping inside body work, fast hands, good body shots, sharp uppercuts, bouncing on his toes, overwhelming Granham in this round. In the fourth, the hands are, the, the hands are sort of down now, and he's attacking the inside at any angle he chooses. You know, at, at, at this level, it can, looks like he can pretty much do what he wants. You can see how the... Boxing fundamentals are still there, naturally ingrained. Lots of natural talent, just bubbling, trying to express itself all at once in the fourth round. You could just see it. Good, good stuff. Danny Whitaker versus Chris Healy. He gets the win, obviously. Danny Whitaker versus Chris Healy, central area heavyweight. One, Danny, 1-4, one, knocked out none, lost two. Going up against Chris Healy, 1-8, knocked out two, lost eight. First round, Whitaker lands the better, shorter work inside. But neither are too fussed about defense. Second round, Whitaker's more on the front foot, sort of throwing quick swings. And Healy's absorbing them for now. <laughs> for now, that's the key. Um, round three, Whitaker's having a better work at mid-range. And both of these guys are sort of abandoning defense. It's, it's a case of both feel okay to throw, to, to throw the dice and just go for it. In the fourth round, no one fight is dominated as such. It all sort of comes down to the close exchanges, and that's where the fight comes alight for me. In, in, in the seventh round, Healy's just sort of winning the rounds by slightly higher work rate on the front foot. It's just whose work you like on the inside more. It's, it's what you like, as they say. But it is scrappy on the inside. Healy looks like he wants it more, which for, you know, for me, fairly or unfairly, may edge him. Uh, the round, especially in the judges' eyes. 96-95 Healy, I think I had it on my card. But I could have gone to any direction, really. Raw, mostly rough on the inside. And the judge added 96-95 as well to Healy. Our main event of the night, Charlie Schofield versus Mickey Ellison, English super middleweight champion. 
chip. 115, knocked out one, lost none. Going up against uh, Mickey Ellison, 112, knocked out four, lost three. Before we get to talking about this fight. Uh, yes. Excuse me. Uh, yes, right. So I think so. First round, first round. No fear around. Uppercuts, whipping rights from Schofield. Both exchanging, but Schofield's work sort of cutting a little bit more, like li- literally as well. Second round, Schofield's jab is like piston like, really snapping the head back and controlling the high energy we saw in the first round, calming the fight down, so to speak, from uh, Schofield's perspective. Beautiful, accurate combination from Schofield. Just really. Really classy stuff. Ellison's not uh, equal in his success in this third round. If you if you get to the sixth round, Schofield for me is just out picking Ellison, who's always left wanting on the inside of Schofield's jab and movement. One hundred ninety one my card. Tenth round, Ellison's landing high haymakers as he's backed backing up Schofield. Uh, yeah, one hundred and one ninety one my card to uh, Schofield. One just had it night six night four. The others had it night seven night three. The others had it ninety nine night two. Outside of the last round of definitive pressure, which was partly due to Schofield taking a round off because he knew he was ahead. In my humble opinion, cool. Where are we? Getting a bit of confusion here. Here we go. Uh, yes, here we go. And the Saturday night fight zone. There's a lot of fights at the weekend. Mark Leach versus Thomas Esomba card. Let's start off. James Howley, one seven, not none, lost none. Middleweights go up against Scott Willis, one none, lost 11. Uh, Howley has lots of nice loose movement. Low hands, alley shuffle, just rain and a shoe shiner blows. In the third round, Holy's just, uh, sorry, Holy's just flying in with a high volume of aggressive punches. There's nothing set up off the jab. He's just throwing and being allowed to do as he feels. Um, Williams is sort of in defensive mode, really. There's nothing nothing back. Job done, ticked. Reese smiled, 113, knocked out six, lost one. Got up against Christian Navarez, 116, knocked out none, lost 26. Featherweights, three rounds in. Reese looks the tightly compact operator for me. There's nothing forced or pushed. It's good variation of punches. And Navarez is moving away constantly on the defensive. He, he, uh, do you know what? The best way to think about it is Navarez teases ambition, but doesn't really show the said ambition, which you think, you know, he might do all right here. He doesn't actually show it. It's, it's sort of, like I said, it's, 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 it's sort of teased, so to speak. Um, yeah, Reese is just in control of his punch variation. It's good body work from Mould. He, he takes a big right. At the end of the fourth, just switching off temporarily. Good, consistent six rounds for, for Mould. Nice stuff on the inside. Heavy work rate. And I've, I've done the job for Reese. Jack James, 1 7, knocked out 2, lost 9. Got up against Paul Albrecht, 1 6, knocked out 9, lost 9. Jack James, trained by Anthony Crawler. Nice, easy start for James. You know, he's he's uh, Pavel's overhand right. Looks dangerous, but it's, you know, it's 
makes you think it could be interesting. I'd love to see James put together a string of shots, really sort of swarm Alberich. The single paced shots are sort of more allowing Alberich to settle into rhythm. You know, I'd like to see him go out there and get Alberich's respect. Alberich is still throwing the massive swings, and James stayed stayed up under pressure um, and gets the gets the four round win. Right, main card. Calvin McCord versus Lee Conley. I missed that one, unfortunately. Sorry, I was. Look, I've got to breathe at some point. As you can hear, there's a lot of fights this weekend. Harry Ballard versus Reese Taylor. Uh, Harry's debut flyweight contest. Reese one two knocked out one lost six. I like Taylor in the first round actually. Like while Mullins was sort of searching and probing, Taylor was just there, patient, trying to counter. I liked it. I, I like what I saw. It's a fair debut. I mean. Mullins settled into things, understandably, after the first round. Lots of elusive movement, jabs, just refusing to engage with the shorter squat Taylor's attempts to, to sort of close the distance and unload. Harry Scarf versus John Balog. Weltweights, Harry won nine, knocked out two, lost two. Got up against John Balog, 116, knocked out nine, lost 52, draw one. Scarf looked effective. Body shot, then two up top, boom, boom. Drops, uh, drops Balog. You know, the jab and body language is obviously several love, uh, levels above Balog. Taller, better boxer, no concerns towards what's coming forward. Uh, second round KO. Strong jab, textbook, textbook control. Just the jab done the damage. It, you know, he took some shots, but nothing to fear coming back. Nothing to fear coming back. Uh, Levi Giles versus Chris Pilkington. Good fight this was actually, super featherweights. Levi, 1-8, knocked out three, lost nine. Got up against Chris Pilkington, 1-2, knocked out nine, lost one. Great start to the fight. Levi's throwing like nasty bodywork, nice compact boxing shape. Pilkington's game, and he's trying to force the pace. He's even backing Levi up early on in the first round. Second round is fun. Pilkington's really sort of um, letting it all go like Frozen. Let it go. Do you know what I'm saying? No. No. You know, and what I like, uh, seriously though, what I like about fights and, and, and these sort of fights is we get to observe how Giles gets through the small spots of fire. Do you know what I'm saying? Fourth round, you know, I like Giles' head movement, enjoyable to watch. There's constant variation of shots from Giles. Body, head, fast whipping hands. Good fight for Giles, who I had at 6 so maybe 5-1. Wasn't really scoring then. I was just sitting back enjoying it. Mark Leach versus Thomas Esamba. This is the final fight. British Super Bantamweight final eliminator. Mark 115, knocked out three, lost one, drawn one. Thomas Esamba, 110, knocked out four, lost six, drawn one. Can't split the first round, so let's move on. Esamba uh, in the first, uh, sorry, Esamba in the third, just edges it to me with a quick left hand to the body. They're very cagey. They're sort of like on the outside. Very few openings are given from either guy. Neither guy wants to take that first step, so to speak. And pretty much like that throughout the whole fight. In the sixth round, uh, Leach is awarded a knockdown, but it's more a sort of balanced thing. But regardless, the shot landed. Uh, we're told, and they're both looking to just edge cautiously forward and counter. In the seventh, Asomba goes up a gear aggression wise, but Leach is just, he's really holding that gap. You know, when the both of them explode, it's beautiful and quick timing and snapping and fast. Asomba in the eighth, he breaks a defensive uh, poise of Leech and and towards the end of the round, which you could edge to him. Isomba slightly quicker to the punch in, in, in that round than Leech and, and, and both are having success. So real technical pinpoint stuff um, in that um, in that round, the final round there. 117, 111, Leech, my card. One judge added 115, 113, Leech. Another judge added 115, 112, Leech. So I had it a little bit wider. I did enjoy the silky boxing and whatnot. 
That is the boxing. There's a lot of boxing, man. That was the boxing. I just don't feel it's right to leave anyone out, man. Maybe you guys do. Let me know. If you if you want me to ignore these fighters, <coughs> excuse me, on the undercard for a shorter podcast, you've got to let me know. Otherwise, I'll have no idea. Email me, wingy at email.com. If you enjoy hearing it, perhaps if you haven't had time to see it, I like to think this is a nice little recap for you of what's going on in the boxing world. But there's going to be more of this, obviously, with Fight Zone. So you guys need to let me know what you want because it is your podcast, right? We're going into bumper overtime, man. Podcast normally stops at an hour because of the 8 million cards this weekend. We're going into overtime, right? So I'm not going to cut anything out. I'm not going to rush anything up. Let's go into the next section, which is the news. What is going on? I know what it's like. You're up the fish and chip bar. You've got your fingers in the fucking fit. Excuse me. You've got your fingers in the cod. You love it. But you can't concentrate on shoving it down your face because you're thinking, what's going on in the boxing news? Well, that's why I'm here for you, isn't it? Roll the music, DJ. Play that funky music. Do it. Hey, yo. Hearn confirms five-year to zone deal. UK shows ends long run with Sky Sports. I'm sure you guys know the deal with all of this. Let's see. The new contract is for 16 shows in the UK and Ireland per year. Final matchroom show is on June the 12th when Lewis Ritson faces Ponce in Newcastle. The UK shows will be produced in-house by Matchroom's own media arm. You never know, you might see me there as part of the Matchroom media team. No. Yeah, no. I've tried, but no. no. Yeah. What, they got a little bit of a problem with me, do you know what I'm saying? All right, cool. Um, that's a joke, Johnny Nelson. I'm black, by the way. Did you know that? I know. So I think every time I look in the mirror, it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> the Zone also announced that it's renewing its deal with Matchroom for shows in the United States, Italy and Spain, while further expansion is expected this year into Australia, Japan and Canada. Big short talk to boxing scene. So it is happening. I mean, we knew it was coming along, didn't it? We knew it was going to happen. But Hearn has now officially left Sky Sports and he is doing his thing with the uh, zone it's a massive move man huge move and for me as i've said previously what's your move sky i want to see what sky's doing next i want to see what sky gonna do who's gonna fill the gap um we, we really need to see let's see what happens i also um i'm curious as to what's going to happen with the subscribers of sky i've got no idea of the numbers to be fair we've got sky we really don't need it and we're tied into a contract or something we just don't need it you know, we've got the Google dongle up there. Some which is like Disney Channel. That's it. We don't need it. We don't need your Sky. Go, go back down to your own. Go back down to your own estate. We don't need you, Sky Sports. I'm a joking, Sky. Give me a job. So, uh, yes. Uh, you don't need to read that part. That's just more on the zone thing. Next stage of information that we need is what Sky going to do. Really, we don't need to keep. Repeating the same thing. Floyd Mayweather, he said in the post-fight, Jake Paul was better than he thought. I had fun. You've got to realise I'm not 21 anymore, Mayweather told Showtime Sports, but it's good to move around with these young stars, test my skills, just to have some fun. He's a great young fighter, strong, tough. He's even better than I thought he was. I'm surprised. I was surprised by him tonight. A good guy. Even though he doesn't have much experience, he knew how to use his weight and he knew how to time me up tonight. 
we don't know what the future holds, but I'll talk it over with my team and see where we go next with regards to more exhibition fights. But it's absolutely ruled out boxing as I think he should. And I've made my uh, uh, thoughts clear on that because that was the particular topic of the week, wasn't it? All right, shout out to Boxing Scene staff for that one. Didn't read out the whole article to try and encourage you guys to go and click and read the full thing. Stuff like this annoys me, all right? L. Spence is a great fighter, but it annoys me, right? L. Spence says, with regards to fighting uh, Flo- uh, L- uh, Keith Furman, sorry, I don't want nothing to do with Keith Furman, said Spence to Barbershop Conversations. That ship sailed. That's a fight I really have no interest in. It's just how he is. He's a cornball to me. He's corny as hell, and he really just believes his own shit. I can't stand him. So for me, that would be a reason to fight him. I just don't like this champions at the top, fighters at the top of the game like that. Nah, I'm not going to, don't want to fight him, don't like him. It's times like that when I think a big Dana White's massive head, and I think, do you know what? Shout out to Dana White, because he would make him fight, wouldn't he? So that's Spence all in out the thermal fight because he doesn't like him and he's a cornball. But, oh, I don't know. I just don't know. There's stuff like that which annoys me about the sport. I love the sport. <laughs> I do. But you annoy me a bit lately. Uh, Jake Paul says facing Tyron Woodley is going to be a tough fight. I have spoke about that, haven't I? Did I speak about that last week? Can't remember if I did or not. Anyway, Jake Paul is going to be facing Tyron Woodley. Let's uh, have a look at the article. Um, Where are we? He's a good striker, Jake Paul says. He's known for knocking people out, but I think when I beat Tyron, people have got to put respect on my name. But that's not what I'm here for, to be honest. I already know how good I am. I know this is going to be another easy fight. That's why Showtime is in business with me. You're looking at the future of boxing. This fight is scheduled to take place in August. Woodley is a former world-away UFC champion. Apparently, he's a good striker. I've got no idea. I will, if I get time, well, I should get time from between now and August, have a look at him, try and analyse him a little look. I did do a prediction on my After Dark. I don't do predictions if I do any predictions they're only going to be on the after dark for patrons so they're not out there in the public i did do a prediction for the fight however that was without any real analysis it was just off the top of the head but uh <coughs> excuse me jake paul i know this is going to be another easy fight he says so we shall see and deontay wilder's brother Marcelos accepts Tommy Fury's bout. He awaits his offer. Shout out to World Boxing News. Who wrote this? Not sure. Tommy Fury gave Marcelos a huge name drop on a recent episode of the Queensbury Boxing Lowdown Show, confirming his interest in the clash. Wilder has since responded, telling Fury to inform his team to send something official before mentioning his name in anger. Hey, Tommy Fury, keep that same energy when you see me. Marcelos posted on Facebook, you're speaking on my name, but your teammates sent me a goddamn thing. I don't do no capping. I'm a real-life entertainer, boy. He added, it's not the first time the pair's name got mentioned in the same breath. Ever since Fury turned professional, it seemed like a no-brainer fight to make. So Tommy Fury versus Deontay Wilder's brother, Marcelos. And I believe they're looking at that in uh, July on the undercard of Wilder versus Fury 3, if that gets made. All the more interesting now because of looking at Tommy Fury's performance 
over the weekend, which had some a lot of people thinking, do you know what? Maybe he needs to just maybe we just need to lean back. Well, fat Joe, try not to break my chair as I do it. Jesus. That's one too many burgers on the old bar, but I think <sighs> that's the news for now, I believe. Oh, let's do the what I always do. My little last minute check. You know how it is. Let's see. Don't want to miss anything at the last minute and then have you guys screwing. Screwing at me. Let's see what we've got. I don't think there's any little last minute news that I need to scoop up. I think I've got everything. Dave Allen has declared he'll make his comeback on August the 27th in Sheffield. That will be on Fight Zone. Uh, that's pretty much it, really. That's pretty much it. So Dave Allen, shout out to Dave Allen. Need to grab him as well. Cool, wicked, right. Next weekend's fights, let's do it. Right, we've got some fight zone action. 11th of June, Matt Wendell versus Neil McCubin. Uh, vacant Commonwealth Flyweight Championship and Derek Osaze versus... Oh, Denny, that's a good fight. That is a good fight. With a weight title. I think if you both of them, that's a good fight. I like that. And of course, you've got usual undercard stuff. Fight Zone always provide with the undercard. So that is next weekend. Shakur Stevenson versus Jeremiah Nakathila. 12 rounds for the vacant WBO. Interim Junior Welterweight title. Anybody interested on the undercard? Jose Pedrada versus Julian Rodriguez. Uh, and some other names there as well. June 12th, Newcastle. Last Sky Sports Show. I can feel the emotion. Isn't it? The glory is. I'm going to cry. Are you going to cry? Be honest, you're going to have a little cry in the end, no? Am I the only sad wanker that'll do that? Have a little, yeah? Little weep. Lewis Ritson versus Jeremiah Nicole Ponce, 12 round junior welterweight. Cyrus Patterson is on the undercard. So as Scott Fitzgerald and more will be announced. But at the time of recording this, that is all that has been announced. We did it. How far did we go over? Only seven minutes. Look at that. Isn't he a professional, eh? Only went over, only went over seven minutes. All those fights to cover, but what did I do midway? I broke it up live and on the fly. If you thought that was cool, then can't you at least look at the Patreon for one pound? <laughs> for your support, I would appreciate it. Speaking of Patreons, man, I have to give people uh, a shout out. Shout out to those uh, above the supporter level. Shout out to the supporters, of course. You guys keep, I love you guys, man. And those above the support level get their names read out. That is part of the... It's just how it is. I feel bad saying that. It's just how it is. <laughs> but those of you who support me, I really effing appreciate you. I see all your names. Speak to me anytime. You, I consider you guys brethren, no matter what level you're at, please. But let me shout out Jamie W. Jamie, again. Thank you, man. I want to cook you a nice stew, Jamie. If you're if you're veggie or not, we'll, we'll discuss that. I'd like to kick you a nice stew and say thank you. Gavin M, super supporter. Gavin, my boy. What's going on, Gavin? Easy out there, man. Be well, be safe. Thank you so much for being a super supporter. Much love to you. Scott S, still the work. 
Listen. I don't even know why people are trying to come up in this ting. Mess with my man, Scott S. Big up, Scott S. Rory M. Still the wingy boxing kebab champion. Still undefeated. Do you know? I wonder what it feels like being Rory M. Because huh? you, you can walk around, you can say, oh, me, wingy boxing kebab champion. People are like, what the fuck? it? Shout out to Rory M. Almost not me. Almost not me, uh, Mega Drive off the side then. <laughs> Shout out to you, Rory M, for all your support. I know I have a joke. I really mean it. It means so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. You guys are really helping me. Um, it's only a small little band of us, but it, it, it all helps. And hopefully one day I can, uh, don't have to keep, you know, uh, do you know what? I've got plans that I'd love to, stuff that I'd love to do, daily boxing show and all that, but I can't do that at the moment. I don't actually need as much Patreon as you would think, to be honest. I've got these plans that I've got. But anyway. We'll get into that. I'll tell you what, we'll get into that in After Dark or something. That's a little bit more After Dark, isn't it? Wingy Boxing Base podcast available on Apple, Google, Spotify, all your podcast services, fun. Please rate me five stars at your Apple. I do appreciate it. Or wherever you listen to your podcast services, it really does help with the algorithm and rhythm and rhythm. Is. Please support the Patreon for as little as one pound. Higher tier benefits include the new weekly show, Wingy Boxing Live. Christ, what am I doing that? Half eight. Uh, Wingy Boxing Live. Every week, that's at a new tier. So go and check that out. Basically, me live every week on camera. You guys interact. You leave your questions. We talk. We have fun. We have a lot of laughs. Uh, the After Dark podcast, that's that's available at certain tiers as well, which is an uncensored sort of podcast, not just focusing on boxing and talk about life, talk about everything, uh, boxing and stuff outside of it. Really, I really enjoy doing them. That's twice a month. Uh, twice a month, you get them. Minimum twenty-five minutes long, but normally they're about half hour, thirty-eight minutes. Exclusive video interviews with boxers and promoters. So when I do my Wingy Boxing Bites podcast, the standard that's put out there is just the audio. But if you're a patron of a certain tier, and there's varying different tiers at varying different levels, from one pound all the way up until uh, like thirty-nine ninety-nine, I believe. Um, you know, various different tiers. You get it, and at certain tier, you get to see the actual video interview, so you get to see my actual mug, uh, and obviously the person I'm interviewing as well. Archive of the classic, no longer available UK Wing Chun student video. Archive of the Wingy Box, the old old Wingy Boxing Bites podcasts, like the ones from like three years ago. I'm, I'm putting all of them up again. Done about seventy of those, so they're going up as well, and more stuff. Just loads of stuff for the Patreon. I think it's the best Patreon in in boxing at this level. If I'm being honest, I really do try and bust my ass. For your support. Sound a bit dodged, doesn't it? But if you can't support at a higher level, even a one pound, it, it it just blows my mind when I see people just saying, look, here's one pound a month for your my hard-earned money, because I enjoy your entertainment. Failing that if you don't wish to or are not able, fully understandable, please just spread the word of the podcast, let people know. Uh I like to make it entertaining for you lot and hope you guys enjoy it. It really means a lot. If you could do that, check me out on Instagram, Wingy Boxing, Facebook, Wingy Boxing, Twitter, Wingy Box. Me Twitter's sad. I relaunched my Twitter, what, two months ago? The old one I lost. So at Wingy Boxing on everything, Twitter, Instagram. But Instagram's my main thing. I've been doing Instagram lives now and then as well, learning how to do it, yeah. Getting a bit getting a bit uh, uh, funky up in this mother. Learning. Yeah. Learning. So check that out at my Instagram. Thank you for rocking with me. Bit of a longer pod. Do apologise. We'll try and keep it an hour next time. There's only one Fight Zone card next uh, weekend, I believe. Shout out to you lot. Be good. Be Tell somebody you love them. Not a random person.
but somebody that you genuinely like. Just say you love them. I don't think that'll be too bad, would it? Show love. Show peace. Take it away, Mick. I mean, the footwork. And like he glided round that ring, hitting him with jabs at will, touching him, explosive with it. It was like shades of Arlene, the way he was moving. moving.